Hello, friends. Welcome to Cosmic Guidance for All, formerly The Astrology Show. And I'm your host, Kira. I'm happy to be back. It's been a year, believe it or not. It's been about a year since I've podcasted. Um, I mean, at least for my own show. And yeah, I've definitely missed it. It honestly feels really good to hear my own voice. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> um, and yeah, this is this is episode one of Cosmic Guidance for All, um, a new podcast for you, for all. Um, and today I'm gonna give you the forecast for the week ahead. Um, it's Monday, April 10th. Yes, I'm recording this right before I post it. Don't judge me. Um, <laughs> It's an ADHD life, you know? <laughs> um, so yeah, I'm back. I'm back and I'm rebranding a bit. It's been kind of like a slow process, um, but it's happening and I'm trying not to like rush myself and overdo it like I always do. Um, so rebranding re- a little bit, um, the astrology is sort of retiring and um yeah bringing out the new me kira <laughs> my new uh urls kira.world um so yeah and you can i'm i'm still building the podcast page and all the podcast branding so um bear with me right now because it's a slow roll i just really wanted to get this podcast out today um hopefully i make my election <laughs> Um, so yeah, if you don't know me, if you haven't listened to the astrology show before, um, I'm Kira. Hey, I've been doing astrology for over a decade now, um, formerly practicing for about seven years. And um, my practice is rooted in the Hellenistic tradition. So um, shout out to the astrology podcast. You might have heard of it. Um the best astrology podcast out there. I'll just, I'll just say it. Um, and it's hosted by Chris Brennan. I, I would highly recommend it because that is essentially how I learned traditional astrology. Um, at least the basics of it. That's how I got my, my foundation in it is through the podcast and the incredible conversations with the incredible astrologers that Chris has on. So highly recommend. Um, and what, how did I get there? Oh, yeah. My practice is rooted in the Hellenistic tradition. So um, that essentially means the astrology that kind of came together in the Hellenistic era. And um, for for those of you who might still be like, what the hell are you talking about? Um, just some distinctive things about the way I do astrology. Um, I use whole sign houses. So I will always be looking at things in whole sign houses. I'll be looking at your charts and whole sign houses, all of that. Um, And I do not use the outer planets as rulers of signs. So Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, kind of regard them as a little differently than the seven traditional visible planets. And I just don't use them as sign rulers. So I'm not going to, I don't look at Pluto as the ruler of Scorpio or Uranus as the ruler of Aquarius or Neptune as the ruler of Pisces. I just don't do it. I use their traditional rulers, um, but I still regard them as really important beings in the sky. So 
those are sort of the main differences, but there's a lot of other ones. Um, and you'll kind of see that as you see or hear, as you listen or watch the podcast. And especially if you watch any of my watch or listen to any of my old episodes from the astrology show, there's so much good goodness in there. So take a look through that. Um, you can go to cure.world slash the dash astrology dash show. <laughs> um, and find it there. There's, also, I'm building out a page, cure.world slash episodes, where you can just look at every episode of The Astrology Show and Cosmic Guidance for All. Um, so yeah, the, the new show, it's it's kind of similar to The Astrology Show, which was primarily like really awesome conversations with other astrologers on like particular topics. Um, kind of similar, this time I'm doing weekly forecasts, which I'm... I'm excited about, we'll see if I keep it up. Okay, guys, like, this is an experiment for all of us. (laughs) But I'm excited about it because I've been writing uh, monthly horoscopes for Condé Nast Traveler. And um, I just want want to continue to be able to, like, you know, work with the transits and give some, give my versions of forecasts because I think I give kind of useful forecasts personally. Personally, I feel that way, um, but maybe not. I don't know. <laughs> and um, yeah, I'm also going to be answering your questions and um, like literally looking at your charts, answering your questions about anything really astrology related, um, you know, just life related, what what have you. If you have questions and you think I might um, be a good person to help answer them, especially if you like can't afford an astrology reading or, um, you know, you just can't, you just want a question answered that maybe doesn't need a whole reading for, I don't know, whatever questions you have, I would love to hear them. Um, and maybe I'll answer them on the podcast and maybe another one of my guests will help answer them too. So, um, yeah, Cosmic Guidance for All's part weekly forecast, part advice podcast. <laughs> and um, I'd love to hear your questions. I'd love to hear your inquiries. You can just go to cura.world slash ask to submit questions. Um, and though there's a whole form there. Um, and yeah, I might, I might be answering your question on the podcast. And you can give your birth info too. Um And I can really dig in there and and help you out, or at least try. Um, So the first episode of an Ask Kira episode will come out next week. I'm calling it Ask Kira for now. We'll see if it sticks. Um, And I also would love to hear your astrology, astrologer good stories. Um, Hashtag astrologer good is a thing that we started doing on Twitter (laughs) a couple years ago. And essentially, it's Um, when something happens in your life that the astrology is just spot on and you just, you know, it's like a chef's kiss. So good. The astrology of it all, even if what actually happened, the circumstances weren't actually good. (laughs) We still call it hashtag astrology good, astrologer good, excuse me. Um, because it's, it's just cool and good to see the astrology work so well, um, regardless of, you know, what the circumstances are. So, um, I would love to hear your hashtag astrologer good stories, especially if they relate to any, um, any transits we've been 
moving through recently because I think it's so nice to hear it's not, maybe not nice but it's really helpful to hear how transits can manifest um for people like different transits you know because we get really scared about certain transits we get a little maybe too hopeful about certain transits and it's cool to see how they can be manifesting in people's lives um kind of take the fear out of it sometimes and kind of bring us down to earth about it sometimes too um so yeah i'd love to hear your stories i'm trying to think of i have a good one off the top of my head but i can't think of anything right now um i'm trying to do one take because i don't I'm not an editor, and I don't really have an editor right now, so we're doing one take, and we're hoping it works. We're going to hope it it hits. Um, so yeah, kira.world slash ask, submit your shit, <laughs> submit your hashtag astrologer good stories um, about, you know, certain transits or circumstances that happen to you that where the astrology just hits so good. Um, I'd love to hear things about the Libra full moon, um, about the Sun Jupiter Kazemi that's happening today or tomorrow, as kind of as we speak, as I speak at least, um, which we'll talk about in the forecast coming up. Um, I would love to hear things about Mars in Cancer. Um, yeah, tell me what's up. I'd love to hear. I'd love to share. And of course, there's always the option to be anonymous in these. There's always the option to have your birth information withheld, all of that. So don't worry, I'm not going to like spread your, <laughs> spread all your business through the interwebs. Um, so yeah, here we are. I'm, I'm really excited to share um, the week ahead with you. Oh, there's one more thing I want to talk about. So I launched something else new, something else. Um, I launch a new membership and it's called Jove's house. So you might have heard of the 11th house, which is a membership I was running for two years. Um, yeah, pretty much like all of Saturn and Aquarius. We started on the Jupiter Saturn and Aquarius conjunction in December, 2020 and wrapped it up, um, March 7th, 2023 with Saturn ingressing Pisces. So, um, yeah, closed up the 11th house and opening up the doors to a new space, Jove's house, um, J O V E Jove, AKA Jupiter, AKA. Yeah. The 11th house is where Jupiter rejoices. So it's very similar to the 11th house. Um, we host a reading swap once a month, so you can come get paired up with another member and do a reading swap, which is a great way to practice your skills and get a reading <laughs> for exchange, um, maybe share testimonials and just meet cool people. Um, and we also host a community gathering once a month as well. Um, so you can come and hang out. And I basically talk about the current astrology, I answer questions, we kind of hang for a bit. And then I put you into smaller breakout rooms where you can, you know, have more closer contact. That's not what I'm trying to say. I was going to say one-on-one -on -one time, but it's not one-on-one. -on -one. It's like one-on-four, one-on-three time <laughs> with other members. And yeah, again, meet, meet other people. Um, it's also a great place to meet people who might be local to you as well. So you get all of that. Plus, um, you get to follow my private Instagram account at Jove's House on Instagram. And I do private live streams there 
We do smoke sessions. We hang out. We just chat, shoot the shit, you know, and talk astrology. It's super fun. Um, so you can get all that for $11 a month, believe it or not. I went from $44 a month. I brought the price down to $11 a month. I just really want this to be super accessible. I know times are rough for all of us, not all of us, but a lot of us right now. Um, if times are like great for you right now and you want to join, there's also an option to join at $22 a month. Um, for those who have it, I would love for you to, um, to join at that, at that rate. But, um, hopefully $11 a month is going to be accessible to a lot of you. And it's such a great opportunity to meet other astrology nerds, because I know so many of you out there that are listening right now have no one to talk to about astrology. I know it. Um, it's a thing that happens with all of us. You know, we get into this topic we become obsessed with it and we want to talk to our siblings or our partner or our friends about our coworkers about it. And it can be fun. They can indulge us for a little bit, but there comes a point where you're like, I'm just talking at you and you are not absorbing any of this and I need to speak this language with someone else. And it's so important to be able to speak the language of astrology um, with other people it helps you actually learn it. It helps you actually absorb the information. So um, yeah, Jove's House, that's my community offering to you. I hope you um, join one day. And you know, it's $11 a month. There's no like commitment. If you hate it, you just unsubscribe and you don't, you don't have to keep paying. <laughs> um, okay, let's get into it. Let's get into the week ahead. Um, I'm going to share my screen because I want to show you what the astrology we're looking at is right now. Um, and just so you know, I'm using, if anyone's curious, um, I'm going to be using Luna Astrology software. It's a cloud software. Um, and if you're interested in using it, it's really great. I use it on my phone and my computer. It's called cloud software because basically it's like you, um, can you still see that? I wonder. Nope. You're seeing my notes now. <laughs> Whoops. Okay. Here we go. Um, here we go. So yeah, I love it because, um, it, you can, it basically keeps all your charts on the cloud. So you can have it on your phone, you can have it on your computer, it's all there. Um, and it's really, really, really affordable too. In fact, and you can get 10% off your first year through my code. Um, you can just use Kira at checkout or you can go to kira.world slash links and there's a direct link there um, that has the 10% off already in the thing, um, if that makes any sense to you. <laughs> So yeah, let's look at, let's look at the year ahead or the year ahead, the week ahead. Um, and just so you know, these are typically going to come out on Sundays. I did a polls on Instagram and Twitter to see what day of the week you prefer this come out on. I wanted to put these out on Thursdays personally and kind of give you a, a weekend forecast um, to start off and then move into next week. But you guys voted Sunday. That was the top choice. So Sunday it is. I expect um, the next week ahead to come out on Sunday. 
uh, I don't know what date that's going to be. Sunday the 16th. <laughs> Pisces moon. Okay. But let's look at where we're at right now. Um, so if you're following along on YouTube, um, yeah, you can see my screen. If you're listening, just picture it, okay? Um, <laughs> the The moon is in Sagittarius. It's currently what, where I'm speaking right now um, at like 17 Sag, right on top of my midheaven and Mercury, which is so... Um, it makes a lot of sense because I'm recording this podcast. <laughs> um, so yeah, the moon is in Sag, the sun is in in Aries. Um, it just peaked over its exaltation degree. So 19 degrees Aries is the sun's exaltation degree, which means it's the sun at its highest heights. Basically, it's um it's a special a special time for the sun um, to be at max exaltation essentially and it can be really really great for solar pursuits such as you know things requiring a lot of confidence um things requiring visibility that type of thing so we have a really beautiful sun moon trine today but what makes this extra special is that the sun is conjoining jupiter over this next 24 hours essentially um so we have a Jupiter Kazemi every year and a Kazemi essentially just means the sun is the sun and another planet are in exact alignment. So there can be Mars Kazemis, Venus Kazemis, Mercury Kazemis, all the Kazemis, Saturn Kazemis, etc. Um, and it essentially is a, a word that means like the heart of, in the heart of the sun. So Every year we get this, the sun and Jupiter come together, and it's a really special one, the sun-Jupiter um, alignment. I really like this one. I love how the moon is coming to trine it. It's really special. So that's kind of the backdrop of what I'm speaking under right now and what we're kind of moving through at the beginning of this week. Let me call for real quick. Okay, so... Today, on Monday, April 10th, the moon is in Sagittarius um, at 6.48 p.m. Pacific time. That's 9.48 p.m. Eastern. The moon is going to complete a trine with the sun in Aries. Um, Just about an hour later, at 7.55 p.m. Pacific, um, 10.55 Eastern, the moon will trine Aries, sorry, (laughs) Jupiter in Aries. And that's going to be the beginning of a void, of course, for the moon. So all day today on Monday, I hope you're listening today when I put it out. If not, it's okay. It's totally okay because I'm putting this out kind of late. But <laughs> but still, um, if you are, I just hope you're having a really lovely day. I hope it's full of excitement and enthusiasm and just like good vibes, you know. This is also our last day of... Um, Venus and Taurus, the last couple hours, excuse me, of Venus and Taurus. So I'm happy I'm getting this in while Venus is still in Taurus. I'm in a Venus perfection year. And this Venus Taurus, Venus and Taurus transit has been really lovely um, this year, 2023, mostly because I think Saturn isn't in Aquarius anymore. So this is our first Venus and Taurus transit in like three years where um, it hasn't been squaring Saturn. It hasn't had that, that you know, kind of tight, limiting 
um, restrict restrictive influence from Saturn, and I'm I've been loving it. Um, so yes, and those of us who are in Venus perfection years, I hope you've been having a lovely Venus and Taurus transit. Um, the Venus, the, sorry, the, the Taurus risings. I hope this has been lovely for you. Taurus sun and moon too. Taurus placements. I'm hoping you've been really enjoying this Venus and Taurus transit. Um, I hope the, the Scorpio risings, um, have enjoyed it as well. I hope you've met some beautiful people and maybe you've had some cute love affairs, um, or yeah, just, you know, had some, really beautiful times with people that you love. So yeah, I hope this blue Venus and Taurus transit has been great for everyone. Um, yeah, it's been, it's been really nice. I think next year we get a Venus Jupiter conjunction in Taurus around 29 degrees Taurus. So I'm looking forward to that. Next year's Taurus season should be really exciting. Anyway, so yeah, the moon's going to trine the sun and Jupiter today in Aries. Um, the moon from Sag trining planets in Aries. If you are, you know, fire sign rising, you have a lot of fire in your chart, this could be a really dynamic day for you. And then at night, again, 8 p.m., 9, uh, 11 p.m. Um, Eastern, the void of course begins. So I track void of course moons. Um, there's kind of three ways you can do it. I'll tell you how I do it, and I'll kind of explain what a void, void of course, blah, void of course moon is. So it's essentially a time period where the moon is said to be void, or um, you know, moving without making um, aspects with other planets. So that time period when the moon is void, it's said to be you know not great for starting new things. Um, the energy is essentially kind of unfocused and drifty. So it's really good for, you know, kind of finishing things up. Um, it's great for rest. It's really great for rest, sex, you know, it's just like kind of maybe working out, eating, doing things that don't really require a ton of focus. Um, what of course is what they're not great for. I always say don't buy food. Um, don't buy groceries when the moon is void or try to avoid it. Try to avoid spending a lot of money in general on food or money in general um, when the moon is void because it's likely that that food will go bad or, you know, something will be wrong with it or, um, you know, it's or you're just going to, yeah, end up not using it. Um, you're going to if you buy something, you might end up returning it. Um, you might just make a lot of like mindless spending decisions when the moon is void. So I try to avoid making purchases under a void moon. Um, and then, yeah, it's great for like, yeah, having sex and like smoking and watching TV. It's great for that. Um, even going out, going out to dance, you know, having fun, but, um, don't, yeah, don't like, it's not great for, well, it doesn't say, yeah, on the West coast, you could be going out. It's not great for a first date, you know, um, if you're starting the date after, after the moon goes void, things like that, you know, things just kind of fizzle out, um, during moon voids. If you start the day earlier before the moon, when the moon's about to trine Jupiter, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> so, so yeah, that's happening. 
Um, the moon's going to be void until, oh, let me tell you about the three different kind of ways you can track this. So there's the modern, super modern way of doing it, which would be when the moon makes its final aspect to any planet, including outer planets. So um, if you follow the modern way of doing it, this wouldn't be the beginning of the moon void. The moon void would begin when the moon squares Neptune, which happens um, the following morning on Tuesday morning. So um, that's one way of doing it. Another way of doing it, which is the way I typically do it, is um, tracking when the moon makes its final aspect to a visible planet. So that's this case, um, the moon trine Jupiter is the last aspect with a visible planet um, that the moon makes while, while in the sign of Sagittarius. Um, and then the way I have been doing it is the moon, once the moon enters the next sign, it's no longer void. Um, that is not necessarily the case with Hellenistic moon void um, tracking. <laughs> so in the Hellenistic way of doing it, the third way, it would be void until the moon makes that next aspect with a, a planet. Um, and this could also, this extends if the moon isn't making aspects for like 13 degrees, I believe, then it's void. So yeah, I'm going to like keep you guys kind of abreast of the, of the moon voids, um, as, as we do this, as we go through these, um, these weekly forecasts, but I say the moon is void <laughs> starting, um, 7.55 PM on Monday. And, at 9.47 p.m. Pacific time, that's 11.47 a.m. Eastern, um, Venus is going to enter Gemini. So we'll say goodbye to Venus and Taurus for now, um, and we'll say hello to Venus and Gemini. And this is a distinct, you know, dignity shift here. Venus is obviously, maybe not obviously, but Venus is in domicile in Taurus. So it's very strong there, meaning it has access to resources. It has access to rest. It has access to just like comfort and stability um, when it's in its own sign. In Gemini, Venus is um, what we call, um, oh my gosh, <laughs> I'm just having a brain fart. <laughs> Sorry. Venus is peregrine, peregrine in Gemini, meaning it doesn't have any essential dignity um, in that sign. Um, it doesn't have domicile, doesn't have exaltation, doesn't have triplicity rulership either. I'm trying to see what the um, if it has. I'm sure it has term rulership, um, or even. Let's see. Yeah, term rulership, or I don't know if it has Deccan rulership. I don't believe it does. Yeah, so no Deccan rulership, but there is a little bit of term rulership that Venus has in the middle of the sign. Um, I'm going to have to look up the exact degrees. I actually have that open here. Perfect. But we'll talk about it when it gets closer. Between, the, um, between 12 degrees and 16 degrees of Gemini, Venus has um, bound rulership which is nice. But, um, besides that, yeah, it's peregrine. So it's answering to, to Mercury the entire time that it's going to be in Gemini. The cool thing is, is that they'll be in each other's signs. Mercury's in Taurus. It will be here for a while. It's going to be retrograde. Venus is in Gemini. So, um, they're in each other's signs. 
downside is they can't see each other. There's no visibility between adjacent signs. But the plus sign is, is that there is mutual reception, meaning um, they are trying to, I always like to say it's almost like being like you and your friends swap houses, um, but you can't call each other to like, you know, ask questions. You just kind of have to feel it out while you're there. So it's like, yeah, they can, they don't want to mess up each other's homes, you know, like they're, they, it's not, there's, there's mutual interests in, um, you know, kind of helping each other out here, but it's, it's kind of hard to, it's hard for them to communicate with each other while doing it. Um, so, and Mercury is going to be retrograde during it. So it's kind of a weird time, um, between Taurus and Gemini and those areas of your chart. But yeah, it's also just think about the house that Gemini is in in your chart. Um, again, I use whole sign houses. So the whole sign house that Gemini occupies in your chart and Venus will be moving through that part of the sky for the next like six weeks. Um, and so thinking about Venus bringing beauty, bringing art, music, um, love, connection, you know, relations to that area of your life. For me as a Pisces rising, it's my fourth house. Um, I suspect that my sister is going to come visit (laughs) during this time and be literally in my, my fourth house because Venus rules my third house of siblings. My sister is very Venusian. She's a Libra rising. Um, and so, yeah, I think that Venus in my fourth house transit will likely, you know, show up as my sister coming to visit for a bit. We'll see. Um, yeah, I'm hoping I also just like maybe finally finish beautifying my house. (laughs) I've been cleaning out the closets, that type of thing. I think Venus in my fourth house will help with that. So yeah, think about Venus in your fourth house or not in your fourth house, unless you're a Pisces rising Venus in your, in Gemini for you and what house that is for you. Um, and yeah, how it's going to help. It's going to help, um, harmonize things in that area of your life. And immediately as Venus enters Gemini, um, it starts to trine Pluto. So Pluto is at very early Aquarius, zero degrees, currently at 15, zero degrees, 15 minutes Aquarius. Um, that's a whole, that's a whole podcast episode to talk about (laughs) Pluto and Aquarius. But, um, Venus begins to immediately trine Pluto as it enters Gemini. So maybe just, yeah, you know, paying attention to what comes up around this time. Um, Venus Pluto aspects can tend to be kind of obsessive. (laughs) Um, you know, it can be really powerful, um, but also kind of obsessive. So just pay attention to where you might be ruminating a little bit, especially, you know, about a crush or relationship or, even about, you know, a creative project that you're doing, that you're working on right now, um, pay attention to, you know, obsessive thoughts and ruminating and make sure you, um, yeah, just balance that with some, with like being able to remove yourself and, you know, get some clarity as well. And, um, okay, cute. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Kazemi is kind of happening overnight. It, no, it doesn't. It happens tomorrow. So we'll look at Tuesday now. Okay. 
Tuesday, April 11th, 2023. We have a Sagittarius moon. Um, and early in the morning, it's going to enter Capricorn. So before we get there, at 3.14 a.m. Um, Pacific time, that's 6.14 Eastern, Venus is going to complete that trine with Pluto um, at zero degrees of Gemini and Aquarius. At 3.47 a.m., the moon is going to square Neptune. Um, <clears throat> watch out for weird dreams. <laughs> I was born during an exact moon-Neptune square, so um, it's a very common um, energy for me. But, you know, if you somehow are up in the, in the middle of the night or early, early in the morning, it could just be like a kind of dreamy or... Um, that's what I'm looking for. Hazy morning. Don't expect to like wake up super early, especially you East Coasters and, you know, get a lot of um, focused work done unless it has something to do with like being, you know, in a dream world and <laughs> kind of letting yourself be a little tripped out. Um, and then at 10. So again, the moon is still void here unless you do go by modern standards. Um, it would go void at that moon Neptune square. And then at 10.33 a.m. Pacific time, um, that's 1.33 p.m. Eastern, the moon will enter Capricorn. Um, and so you could look at that as the end of the void moon. Um, I typically do. I typically look at the moon entering a new sign as the end of its void. Um, and yeah, the moon entering Capricorn. So the moon's in detriment in Capricorn. Um, but I think we all love our Capricorn moons. At least I do. Um, I think, you know, well, just in general, think about the house that Capricorn occupies in your chart. Um, and the moon sort of bringing some light into that part of your chart, bringing light, bringing a little bit of moisture, bringing a sort of a soft spotlight here. For me, it's my 11th house, which is my friends, my networks, my communities, um, I'm not sure what I'm doing tomorrow, but we'll see. Um, the moon in Capricorn is also just really good for getting work done, like being pretty focused, being pretty, you know, strict with your boundaries, um, and just getting shit done. At least for me, it, it tends to be really good for that. So, um, yeah, and this is going to lead us into the, the last quarter, our, um, our final quarter phase of the moon cycle. So yeah, the moon's in Capricorn on Tuesday, and at 3.07 p.m. Pacific, that's 6.07 Eastern, we'll have our Jupiter Kazemi. Um, the sun will make an exact alignment with Jupiter in Aries at 21 degrees. This is really lovely. I mean, especially if you have planets around 20 to 22, 23 degrees um, of Aries um, or of the other cardinal signs, Capricorn, Cancer, Libra. Um, I'd also say if you have plants, planets or points at um, in between, you know, 18 to 23 um, Leo or Sagittarius, this is great, you know, um, especially, especially, especially for the day charts, meaning if you were born um, when the sun was visible in the sky above, above the horizon, the eastern horizon, um, after sunrise or before sunset, you're a day chart baby or a diurnal baby. Um, and sun, Jupiter, the sun and Jupiter are diurnal planets. And so 
this will be especially um, potent for the the day babies, you know, because when Jupiter and the sun meet up or they're making aspects, it's sort of, um, you know, seems more appropriate for us. It seems more in our favor. It's a little bit less stressful or a little bit less, um, you know, experiences less as like an overdoing or something that's too much, which tends to be the case with night charts. Jupiter um, can be experiences a little bit too much sometimes um, or like almost like too much good sometimes too, you know, it's like you get a new job, but you have like way, like so much more work to do, you know, but you're getting more money and it's a good, good opportunity, but you're like drowning in work. Um, or yeah, you post, you post, um, you know, a, a post on Instagram or TikTok and it just takes off and all of a sudden you have, you know, more inquiries than you can deal with. That can be sort of a, a Jupiter, um, a difficult Jupiter situation to, to handle. But overall, you know, a Sun-Jupiter conjunction is so good for visibility. It's so good for business. Um, it's great for self-confidence too. I mean, I didn't even mention the Aries risings. Like this is, this is so lovely to get this sort of boost in your first house of self. Um, and last but not least, the gem, sorry, the, um, Sagittarius risings and the Pisces risings, this and the Leo risings. Okay. But I'll, I'll go through both. So Leo risings, um, this is your chart ruler meeting up with Jupiter, um, and in your ninth house. So this can be really beautiful for travel, um, this could be great for any sort of ceremony, like religious or spiritual work, um, publishing anything, broadcasting anything, sort of getting a message out, being heard. This is a really great um, alignment for for the um, Jup- Jupiter Risings, for the Pisces Rising and Sag Risings. Jupiter is your chart ruler. I should say our chart ruler. So um, at a Kazemi, it's the, it's essentially the planets um, restarting its whole synodic cycle with the sun. So its whole you know cycle um, through or with the sun, we should say from one from one alignment to the sun with the sun to the next. So this happens every year, and it's this really beautiful refresh, restart moment. Um, for for when it's with Jupiter, it's great for those of us ruled by Jupiter. Um, Sag and Pisces rising. So for Pisces risings, like me, this is happening in our second house of finances and money. So this is like starting a new finance journey, which I think is so important and so necessary um, because, you know, Mars, the ruler of our second house, has been dealing with a lot. I'll just say that. It's not been a cute Mars cycle at all. Um, and you know, we had a Mars retrograde for a long time in Gemini. We had Mars squaring Neptune. Now we have a fallen Mars in Cancer. So I, th- I would suspect for Pisces risings out there, you know, the second house money, finances, material, good stuff has not been easy. Um, as of late and this, this Kazemi in the second house is such a lovely, you know, restart to, our relationship with money and spending and finances and, um, you know, our, our goods, our tools, um, our resources. So 
that's for Pisces risings. And then for Sag risings, this happens, sorry, <laughs> this happens in your 10th house. Oh, sorry, your fifth house. I'm looking at a Cancer rising chart right now. Um, this happens in your fifth house um, of creativity and of babies, <laughs> baby making. It's sex, it's pleasure. I like to say the fifth house is what turns you on. It's what makes you feel good. It's what sparks joy. Um, it's the things that make you feel like, you know, life's worth worth living for. So it's, I like to say it's what we give birth to because it is, it is children and childbirth and, and sex, which might lead to that. But it's not only that we give birth to so many things in our lives that aren't just human babies. Um, and especially our creative projects and, you know, these things that we kind of conceive of and then, and then birth out into the world. So for Sag Risings, for this um, Kazemi to be happening in your fifth house is so beautiful. Um, I'm curious of how many of you are going to get pregnant during this time, um, but also how many of you are going to, you know, conceive of some really beautiful um, new creative projects as well. So yeah, I'm excited for, I'm excited for the fire risings. I'm excited for a lot of us, you know. Um, also, let's give a shout out to the Libra risings too. This is happening in your seventh house. Um, you know, this could, this could be really lovely in terms of creative partnerships, business partnerships, even romantic partnerships. Um, so I'm excited to see how this turns out for folks. And again, if you have a hashtag astrologer good story about this Kazemi, I want to hear it. Please let me know. So that happens um, midday, um, early evening, depending on where you are in the world. Um, Again, I'm sorry, I'm giving Pacific and Eastern time. I know that I have listeners all over the world. Um, I hope you forgive me. I can't give all the times. But um, I'm sure you're used to that, um, unfortunately. But yeah, so we have the Kazemi. And then two hours later at 5.07 p.m., the moon will sextile Saturn in Pisces. So if you're, um, you know, going by the Hellenistic void, void, of course, definition, this would be the end of the moon void um, at 5.07 p.m. Pacific, 8.07 p.m. Eastern. So that's Tuesday, April 11th. Um, I'm already, I'm already taking so long. I'm like, this is going to be a short episode. (laughs) Yeah, right. Nothing's ever short with my Mercury and Satch. Wednesday, April 12th, um, we have a moon in Capricorn all day. Not so cute, but early in the morning at 2.02 a.m. Pacific, 5.02 a.m. Eastern, we have a moon Mars opposition, not super cute, but it is what it is. Um, The reason we don't love this that much is because we have a a fallen, fallen Mars, a detrimental moon. Neither of them are too happy where they are. And moon Mars oppositions just tend to be kind of crabby, just not feeling great. And in particular, this could be tough on your belly. Um, especially those of us who have sensitive bellies. So I would say, um, yeah, Tuesday night, you know, be um, mindful of what you're eating because I've, I just feel like there's going to be some upset stomachs um, late Tuesday night into Wednesday morning. 
At 6.35 a.m., we get the moon trine Mercury. So that's right at the beginning of the workday for um, the East Coast, you know, early morning West Coast. Moon Mercury trine is really fun for, and that's going to be, I should say, yeah, the moon in Capricorn trine Mercury in Taurus. I think this is really good for um, sending emails, getting work done, any sort of communications, um, especially anything you need to get out pre-retrograde. Um, this this is a cute aspect for it. Just know that Mercury is in shadow. Mercury is in shadow of its retrograde right now. So um, it's not, it's, it's, um, it's, we're coming back here. That's what I'll say. <laughs> we're coming back to this point in time or this, you know, where we're at right now. So whatever you're communicating, whatever's going out, um, just know that there's the potential to come back to it, to kind of circle back, um, as we say in corporate land, right? Um, at 2.27 p.m. Pacific, that's 5.27 p.m. Eastern, the moon's going to square Chiron. Honestly, I don't have much to say about that. I don't track Chiron transits that much, um, but I wanted to note it just in case you notice something around that time and... Um, you know, you're like, what the hell was that? Ouch. What was that? You stubbed my toe or something like that. <laughs> um, or more, more likely you like, you know, bash your shin or something or your knee, your knee hurts with moon and Capricorn. Um, yeah, square Chiron that's happening. And then at 4.23 PM, um, Pacific, that's 7.23 PM Eastern. The moon's going to try and Uranus. Um, yeah, I love a moon Uranus trying to, I just like, you know, earth trines and that's, I'm biased for that, you know, just based on where they're hitting in my chart. Um, but think about where this, again, where Capricorn is in your chart and how the moon's sort of lighting up this area of your life for a couple of days and think about where Taurus is in your chart and how the moon's like, you know, sending some positive, supportive light to that area of your life. So there's, um, yeah, there's there's a nice what do, what do we say? There's harmonious energy kind of happening between the Capricorn and Taurus um, parts of your chart right now on on Wednesday the twelfth. Um, yeah, and you might find some you know whatever whatever type of activities you do on that day, um, if they are related to those houses, it could be nice. Could be easy flowing for me. As another example, um, Capricorn's my 11th house, Taurus is my third house, so that's giving me community vibes. I'm, yeah, I'm actually going to get a friend, uh, get, get dinner with a friend. Um, we're going to go on a hike, which is very Capricorn Moon vibes. Um, and yeah, we're going to have dinner in my in one of our neighborhoods. So marrying that 11th house to the third house pretty well, I think. And on Thursday, April 23rd, sorry. I lied. Thursday, April 13th, (laughs) we have, again, the moon's going to be in Capricorn. Um, Pretty early on at 1219 a.m., the moon's going to square Jupiter in Aries. That's 319 a.m. Eastern. This to me looks like some late night cravings, Um, you know, getting up and kind of, yeah, late night snack, something like that. moon square Jupiter tends to be a little bit like, you know, just do a little extra, you know, you kind of overdo it. Sometimes you eat a little bit too much or 
you stay up a little too late or you indulge in something a little bit too much. Nothing, nothing terrible, but that can happen. Um, and at 2.11 a.m. Um, Pacific, 5.11 Eastern, the moon's going to square the sun in Aries and go void. So we begin another void moon really early on April 13th on Thursday. Um, it's going to be void until 1.42 p.m. Pacific. That's 4.42 Eastern. So pretty much all day for the Eastern, um, for the East Coast and especially in, in Europe. Um, it's it's going to be, yeah, void until then, until it enters Aquarius. Um, pretty early about 30 minutes in at 2 11 p.m pacific the moon will conjoin pluto um i yeah i don't love a moon pluto conjunction not gonna lie um it's not terrible but just expect to kind of um be deep in some feels during that time and i think this pluto on aquarius um has is especially existential you know so I'm curious about what news we're going to be getting between Thursday, uh, Wednesday and Thursday. And I would say, you know, if you are typically pretty susceptible to having big feels from headlines or the news, like take it easy, you know, kind of ease into your, um, into your news intake this day, because I just feel like the moon hitting Pluto, it feels kind of heavy. It just feels like some heavy feels, um, and again, that happens at 2.11 p.m. Pacific, 5.11 p.m. Eastern. Um, and then we, after that, we kind of get some time to settle down, settle, you know, process. And the moon begins to, um, to transit trine Venus. So um, between, for yeah, the next five hours, we could say between 2 p.m., um, when it conjoins Pluto until 7.23 p.m. when it trines Venus, we have a little bit of like ease. Uh, I think often like to think of Venus influence as like a bomb or a solve. Um, and in this case, it's, a, and it's an Aquarius moon trying, you know, Venus and Gemini. So that, that to me feels like talking it out, you know, call a friend. It's a great, that's a great aspect to call a friend under, um, you know, call a loved one check in, be, you know, nourished by each other's voices, call someone you love, you know, um, this will also be a good time for swiping for, for the single babes out there. Um, you know, the moon applying to trine Venus, it's cute for swiping. It's cute for first, um, interactions with, with people. So, you know, and those of you who detest the swipe game, I understand. Um, go out for happy hour. Go, go to a bar. Um, go somewhere where you know, or maybe go to the park. Even go to a bookstore. Um, if there's an event that evening or that afternoon that you might, you know, be wanting to meet new people, this is a good um, transit this moon in Aquarius trying Venus and Gemini to kind of connect with people on Thursday. So love that. And yeah, we would look at that 723 PM Pacific moon trying Venus as the end of the Hellenistic void of course, I believe. <clears throat> and I know if I'm doing that wrong, that hopefully one of my lovely colleagues will let me know. Um, so yeah, I wrote in my notes 
Thursday is a good night for a thirsty Thursday, happy hour drinks, date, concert, etc. Especially if you're out and about by the time the trine hits. So again, that's 723 Pacific, 1023 Eastern. Um, it's a great thirsty Thursday. Go out, get out and about. Um, one thing to note at 8.33 p.m. Pacific on Thursday, um, the moon's going to be squaring the nodes. So it's kind of a weird bendy time. And the moon's at the at the bendings or squaring the nodes. Um, you can kind of just feel a little bit like lost, confused, um, especially about, you know, how you're feeling. It can feel kind of weird um, in regards to like your body and like even digesting or figuring out if you're hungry, that type of thing. So just be aware. It's kind of like a weird a weird instance that night and you know try not to over overdo it with the drinks and the substances too much because you might just kind of be a little bit just a little bit more disoriented than usual with the moon at the bendings and by that I mean squaring the nodal axis on Friday April 14th we have an Aquarius moon um, at 9.38 a.m. Pacific, that's 12.38 p.m. Eastern, the moon in Gemini is going to square Saturn in Pisces. Um, sorry, I meant to say Venus in Gemini. <laughs> at 9.38 a.m., Venus in Gemini will square Saturn in Pisces. Um, so that, you know, Saturn squares are never that fun. Um, we're essentially running into limitations, restrictions, um, you know, maybe someone else's boundaries around, you know, relationships and partnerships and how we relate, um, sex, intimacy, and also, you know, our creative and artistic endeavors. Think about the two houses that Venus rules in your chart. Think about, you know, whatever house that Libra is in, in your chart, whatever house that Taurus is in, in your chart. And those, in those themes, whatever those two, um, houses correlate to, running into some restriction, running into some delay, um, you know, limitations, um, and in the Pisces area of your life potentially. So, um, yeah, just expect there to be a little bit of like a, you know, like a hold up <laughs> type of energy, you know, where, um, where Venus and Saturn are concerned. Um, yeah, it's not the best, you know, I talked about Thirsty Thursday being a great night for going out and meeting people and all of that. It's probably not the best night for um, going home together just because this, in the morning, it kind of feels like, ooh, you know, I would I would say um, it's really good for, like, go go home, go home. Don't don't have a one night stand that night um, unless unless you go home before the morning. Um, it's just kind of, it's not really necessarily giving regret, but it's definitely giving, um, like, wait, let's, let's, uh, reorient, you know, or again, it's like Venus running up against this wall or some sort of restriction or limitation. So just keep that in mind that that's happening, um, early on, on Friday. And it's also Venus day. It's not like the best Venus day, um, <laughs> aspect. I'll say that. At 12.15 p.m. Pacific, um, that's 3.15 Eastern, the moon is going to square Mercury and Taurus. Um, again, we're running into a Mercury retrograde next week. So um, all of these moon aspects to Mercury are kind of foretelling what we're going to be retrograding into next week. 
um yeah moon and aquarius again think about the house that aquarius is for your chart and how um the moon is pulling some light into that area of your life um kind of a reflected light and you know for me aquarius is my 12th house so i don't really love aquarius moons because it's like lights are on in the the 12th house which i prefer to kind of stay a little dark okay i have saturn there um but you know for you if you're an aquarius rising this is like a spotlight on you um if you're a leo rising it's a spotlight on the other so you might be interacting with people this day as a leo rising um more than you have been you could be seeing a particular certain somebody especially if you have saturn here um in the seventh house, ruling the seventh house, the moon coming to spotlight it, um, could speak to again, like a date or, you know, meeting up with someone that you care a lot about or a business partner, that type of thing. Um, the moon will square Uranus at 7.07 PM Pacific, 10.07 Eastern. I think this is just a mentally taxing day overall. Um, Friday, the 14th, it's, yeah, there, it just feels like, you know, some mental frustration, some rumination, um, and potentially for those of us especially that tend to feel a lot of these energies in our bodies, like the moon squaring Uranus and um, and Mercury just feels very like unsettled, untethered feeling. Don't try not to overdo it on the caffeine on Friday, please. Like um, if you tend to get a little bit jittery, um, yeah, it just feels like it's already kind of like a, um, like an electric type of day with these, these moon squares. Um, yeah, it's just kind of, it's, you know, in the Venus square to Saturn, it's, it's, I would imagine kind of feeling a little bit down in the morning potentially, um, and trying to kind of counter that with potentially some substances. You don't want to do that because, you, you might overdo it basically and start to feel a little jittery. So, um, yeah, just give yourself a little extra time on Friday and a little extra space to just kind of be in your feels if that's, if that's coming up for you. And finally, go Saturday, um, April 15th, the moon's in Aquarius. Um, it's going to sextile Jupiter in Aries at 3:36 AM Pacific at 6.36 Eastern. Um, those of you freaks who get up super early in the morning on the East Coast <laughs> might catch this sextile. It's a good one um, for, you know, again, sending emails, getting out little communications. Um, it could also be a really good one for like an early morning exercise or um, like walk or something like that. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a good one to sort of like revive you from the the night before especially yeah those east coasters or anyone in europe africa you know where you're going to be awake for this moon um moon sextile to jupiter it's kind of cute um those of us on the east or on the west coast who might be staying up on friday night um you know you might be able to catch this moon jupiter sextile too um i would imagine this would be like you know, either really late night conversations that just somehow ended up into the wee hours of the morning, um, or, you know, maybe some late night, you know, interneting or scrolling that 
you're doing some research or something like that. Um, at 8.15 a.m. Pacific, the moon is going to sextile the sun in Aries and go void. So that's 11.15 Eastern. Um, we get the void moon, a long-ass void moon, okay? It's pretty much void all day um, on Saturday. So if you need to get anything done on Saturday, do it before the moon goes void. Um, and then spend Saturday relaxing. Do the void moon thing of not doing anything <laughs> or um okay here's here's what i like to do on void moons especially when it's all day um i give myself permission to smoke as much as i want especially on a saturday that's a day drinking type of day in my opinion if you if you're into that <clears throat> um if you're into other substances like you know things that grow from the ground that are fungi um, that's a good day for that too. Just like it's a drifty day. It's a day when the moon is void, especially all day. Like it's kind of like give yourself permission to just do, to have a very unfocused drifty day yourself, you know? Um, it's great if you need to go shopping, I suggest only window shopping, like go browse. It's a great browsing, um, type of transit. Um, don't buy anything, just browse, just take note of what you like. Um, take note of certain sales, whatever it is, but don't buy anything while the moon is void because you'll return it or you'll just end up not using it. Um, the moon is going to enter Pisces at 3.56 p.m. Pacific. That's 6.56 p.m. Eastern. And, um, per, you know, for for those of you who use the moon ingress as the end of the void, that's the end of the void. Um, if you use the Hellenistic um, void, of course, definition, the moon will conjoin Saturn at 10.57 p.m. Pacific. So that's 1.57 a.m. Eastern um, for the next day. So, so yeah, we have the moon entering Pisces and immediately for the following, you know, seven hours um, applying to conjoin Saturn. This is like, it's a, again, um, if you're going to be like, have a lazy day Saturday and it doesn't have to be lazy either. This is like, it's also good for like cleaning, you know, like cleaning up the house or mowing the lawn, like things that don't require you to like be on time somewhere. Things that don't require you to be like, you know, job interviewing, which usually you don't do on Saturdays anyway, but you know, um, important meetings, like don't do that during a moon void clean their house, clean out your closet, like have sex, like, you know, cook breakfast, whatever. Um, when the moon is applying to Saturn, it's a very focused energy. Like immediately we start to, we start to kind of get more focused, even though it's moon and Pisces. Um, I think this is really, you know, good for long-term planning. Um, anything that the Saturn and Pisces transit has brought up for you thus far, um, in the past month or so, the moon is bringing a spotlight to that. Again, think about the Pisces house in your chart and um, where the moon is sort of bringing some light and some warmth to that house in your chart. For us, Pisces rising is a little bit of a spotlight on you and your body. Um, this could be, yeah, for Scorpio risings is moving into your fifth house. So this could be about, you know, a creative project you've been thinking about, Um I think the moon-Saturn conjunctions are especially important moments every month for our Cancer and Capricorn risings, for this is the moment every month where your chart ruler and your seventh house ruler 
come together. Um, so if you're cancer rising, obviously that means the moon is your chart ruler. Um, and this would be happening in your ninth house, um, of, you know, spirituality, travel, you know, education for any cancer, any cancer risings out there who are in college or in grad school and, um, or study any sort of study program and are looking to connect with other people, whether it's romantic or platonic, um, moon Saturn conjunctions are really great for that this year. Um, for, for Capricorn risings, this is happening in your third house, um, which is more local space. So this is a good one for, you know, if you want to meet people going out into your local area, local bar, park, um, you know, the library, what have you get out in your city or your town. If you want to be connecting with other people, or if you, you know, want to plan a date, maybe, um, this is really great for um, Cancer Capricorn Risings, I think. Um, so, so yeah. And also for those of you who are partnered, um, the Cancer Cap Risings, um, this is a really good, like the monthly uh, Moon-Saturn conjunction is really good for having a check-in with your partner. You know, you could even schedule it around the Moon-Cap, the Moon-Saturn conjunctions. Um being able to really like check in and tune in with each other during that time can be really lovely too. So yeah, this is finally happening in, you know, a, a positive house for you guys. It's not no longer happening in a dark house, eighth house, second house. Um, it's now happening in the third house and ninth house. So there can be a lot of like, you know, learning being facilitated. And um, I just think, yeah, there's a lot of growth opportunities for the Cancer and Capricorn Risings within relationships this year that I'm excited about for you guys. Um, so yeah, let's see what notes that I have for today. Um, yeah, this, these long ass void moons are great for napping, lounging, doing nothing or doing things that don't require haste or focus attention. I said that, um, it might not be the best night to go out and have fun or for a date for that matter. And I think I was saying that because of the moon Saturn conjunction. Um, yeah, it's not really the best night for like fun, you know, it's not that Saturn can't be fun, but, um, it's, it's a slower night. I think, um, it can be good again for the cancer Capricorn risings in particular for going out and meeting people. Um, but it's not necessarily the night for like dance party all night, you know, it could be, but I think that you're probably going to feel tired. <laughs> you know, the moon, um, applying to Saturn can just be really slow and sluggish and, um, Saturn slows things down. That's what it does. It makes things heavier. It gives things more weight. So, um, yeah, it's not, it's not really a night for like all night partying at least, at least, you know, I'm sure some, I'm sure some of you will be doing that, but, um, in general, I wouldn't plan on having the energy for that. If you're doing anything, get it done early before the moon. It's good for morning activities and workouts. Yes. Um, yeah, that is, that's the week. Oof, I did it. Um, that's today, April 10th through um, Saturday the 15th. And I think I'm going to leave you with that. Yeah. Um, if you liked this, please subscribe. Um, yeah, share it, save it, share it, all the things. And 
I'll see you next week with another forecast and another Ask Kira episode. Um, yeah, I don't know what else to say except thanks for listening and let me know if you like this. Um, I love doing it. So yeah, until next time. Bye, friends. <laughs>